Hey, if you're enjoying this show, uh, consider supporting us on our Patreon. You can get cool perks like access to these episodes a week before they go public, and you can pick an album for us to review. Any support is greatly appreciated, so if you feel inclined, go to patreon.com slash polyphonicpress. Polyphonic Press, the podcast where two music fans pick a classic album completely at random and analyse it track by track. Using the patented random album generator, they are given an album to review from a curated list of over 1,000 classic releases spanning multiple genres. And now onto the show. Here are your hosts, Jeremy Boyd and John Van Dyke. Hey, welcome to Polyphonic Press. I'm Jeremy Boyd. And I'm John Van Dyke. And uh, basically, if you don't know how the show works, we uh, review classic albums and we have no idea what uh, album we're going to be uh, reviewing. We have a random album generator in front of us. So uh, we're going to hit the button and see what album we're going to be listening to this week. Mm-hmm. The album we're going to be listening to is Dr. John and Ooh. Dr. John's Gumbo. All right. Cool. All right. So let's see. Dr. John's Gumbo, released in 1972, is the fifth studio album by New Orleans singer and pianist Dr. John, a tribute to the music uh, of his native city. The album is a collective of covers of New Orleans classics played by a major figure in the city's music. Cool. Uh, it marked the beginning of Dr. John's tra- transition away from the eccentric stage character that earned him a cult following and towards a more straightforward image based on New Orleans R&B traditions. Uh, in 2012, the album was ranked number 404 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest albums of all time. Cool. All right. So the first song on the album is a song called Ico Ico. <laughs> which is um a cover of a song by James Sugarboy Crawford and his Cane Cutters. <laughs> there you go. Pretty cool. All right. So here we go. Here's a uh, first song on the album called Ico Ico. So that was awesome. Mhm. That was a Boy, cool this list. is this is going to be a good album. I just know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was a cool way to open up the album. Mm-hmm. I can honestly, I can uh, just see like marching down the street in New Orleans on a bright sunny day, like all the people, you know, singing this song and all the like a marching band or something playing. And, you know, yeah, that's kind of the image that I get when I was listening to that. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a, uh, I mean, if you're going to do a, a, an album of like, traditional like zydeco songs i mean that's pretty much that's the song you kind of have to start with yeah that's it just it belongs yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I, the thing is it, it's uh it kind of had that bo diddley beat going for it well and, that's where uh, bo diddley got it he got it from zydeco <laughs> yeah yeah um and it was uh you know, it was kind of just driven mostly by the rhythm and, you know, I was kind of mostly stayed on one chord. Um, uh, 
but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, even though there wasn't much change in the music, it didn't feel like it was dragging or anything like that. It was always, you know, it kept oh, yeah. the interest going. Yeah. It's actually got uh, pretty much pretty standard blues changes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really staying on the one chord. It was the, definitely a one, four, five. Yeah. But they didn't really, uh, well, I mean, it didn't really deviate from that or anything. No, like it, it didn't. You know. No. Yeah. Like it was, I mean, it was, I didn't, I don't mean uh, it was one chord. I mean, it was like the same chords repeating. It was yeah. uh, like, it didn't go up to the chorus or anything like that. It was. There was a, uh, like a, a, a key change for like a short musical bridge. Yeah. But yeah. Other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, but it's uh, really, but like it was uh, just full of energy and just. Oh yeah. You know, it's a great way to open up the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the uh, the next song is called uh, "Blow Wind Blow," and that is by um, Huey Piano Smith. Um, that's an old R and B, Southern R and B thing. Um, so uh, here we go. This is uh, "Blow Wind Blow." Man, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that piano breakdown, that was so cool. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to mention that piano breakdown. Just, yeah. This guy's like uh, a total talent. Yeah. I've known that for a long time. <laughs> he, uh, um, first of all, I, I love his voice. And yeah. um, there's no mistaking that voice. I mean, nobody else sounds like him. Not quite. Nope. Um, and uh, uh, I, I think um, this song I really liked. I don't. I wouldn't say I like it better than the first song, but I think this one had, was a little more, um, a little more laid back. Um, I, I yeah. hate to. I hate to use the word lazy, but I, I. I don't mean that in the sense that he's not trying. I mean that. It seems effortless. A little more relaxed, I guess, is it, the word. It's it's like the mu- uh, the music is just kind of going along on on its own. Yeah, and he's just kind of jumbling along with. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's like his voice is just kind of easing into it. Like it, right? You know what I mean? Like he's not. I'm I'm, I'm not saying he's not putting any effort in, or I'm, but it's just like I, I yeah. don't really know how to put it into words. I don't know quite how to describe it. But, uh, I think I understand what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things I liked about this in the rhythm is the bongos that were playing throughout it. Mm. That, that really added some, uh, um, flavor, some flavor and a really cool feel to just kind of drive the song along. That was really, I mean, kind of an odd choice. Um, but I think it, uh, it definitely works. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, thinking about, um, I was just reading about the album and, uh, I was thinking like this sonically, this sounds really good and it doesn't sound like it was recorded, um, in the early seventies. It sounds a little more, um, a little later than that. And, uh, sure enough, it's, it was recorded at sound city. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, there you go. So it's like, oh, okay. That it's the room. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's the the way the room is. I've heard uh, lots of uh, different things from the early seventies. Actually, that sounded like mm-hmm. quite possibly a bunch of them were recorded. Okay, actually, yeah. One that comes straight to my mind is um, uh, Dominic Triano, his first solo album, mm-hmm. which was recorded at Sound City. Yep. Um, it's got that same sort of tonal quality, but it was also recorded in 1972. Um, so I actually sort of equate that sound mm-hmm. to about 1972 for oh, me. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, because yeah. I know there's a few others out there. Yeah, that was one hell of a story. Mm-hmm. Yep, and apparently they're uh, they're up and running again. So well, I, I thought, uh, well, that Neve console, um, the console uh, sold. Uh, they sold it to Dave Grohl. I but, know, um, but the studio itself is up and running again. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you know, if you want to record there and get that sound, you can book some time at Sound City. So mm. yeah, um, but yeah, I mean that that studio, uh. I mean, there's a reason there's a a documentary about it. I mean, so many people have recorded there, and and I nobody can explain why the room sounds as good as it does because it, you know, it's wasn't this, designed to sound. It's this weird little shack stuck under a highway, isn't it? Yeah, in in uh, like suburban um, Los Van Angeles. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's completely out of the way, which I think maybe is a good thing. You know, less distractions. You can just kind of focus on your work and, and get done. There's no, the ro- you know, let's the room go to the club is, instead of record, you know. I mean, the room is probably the way it is, partly because it was built to fit where it was more than being built to be, you know, a standard whereby, well, room. in fact, actually, recording studios, I already know, you want as few right angles to each other. Yeah, but it wasn't um, built as a recording studio. It was no, originally it wasn't. a Vox amplifier factory that was converted oh, okay. to a studio. So oh, wow. there's no reason for, like, it wasn't designed with acoustics in mind. No, I know, but right. that's why I mean. It, it was built to fit in in its really strange spot. Yeah. And which means that the walls are going to be a little different. They're not going to be straight up and down as if they had like a wide open field to build it in. Right. So it's, it's got something to do with it. Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But like they're, they just built it because, you know, yeah, they needed some building. Um, and just, just, it just so happened that, you know, it's an amazing room to record in. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. There's a little history lesson for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, the uh, the next song is uh, Big Chief, and it's a song by Earl King. Okay. So uh, here we go. That was cool. Yep. <clears throat> that yeah. was cool and different. I like the, the organ in there. You don't usually... Um, hear the organ playing those kinds of riffs and, and notes you kind of the organ is more like uh like a i guess a pad is most commonly used um, yeah you usually hear it do like a, a a swirl as opposed to like doing like this trilly thing up in the higher register um which obviously it's capable of doing i mean much like the piano the organ was designed as like a, a lead instrument but it's always it, it's oftentimes sort of 
like an extra they add into the background yeah. unless you're like deep purple and everything's well yeah driving forward with it but that's different mm-hmm. um i love organ driven anyway yeah um it was a very uh different approach um i guess he's got on like a flute setting or something like that and he's got a bit of a warble going on into it so that's pretty sweet um and yeah and everything else is like you know the bass line is just really basic doesn't need to do anything other than like those four notes per bar and it's just um and the drums along with like a tambourine just make everything just sort of shake a bit yeah pretty sweet yeah no it was it was cool and you know very minimal instruments but uh you know that's all you need really i mean you know didn't feel like anything was missing or anything like that nope yeah no that was really cool and different and you know yeah, it's just, I I wonder, like, I know these are all covers, or mostly covers, but, um, yeah, I just wonder what the choice for some of these would be, like, you know, I, I, I just wonder, like, you know, hearing the song and deciding to do something different than, than the original, but still kind of keeping... I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Cause I don't, I've, I don't think I'm familiar with the the original version of this song, but, um, so I, it, it could be ex- an exact duplicate of the original. I don't know. I don't think no. it's a, uh, I think the original, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was actually a guitar player and I don't think there's any guitar in this at all. No. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Don't hold me to it. Yeah, well, Earl King, who's Earl. yeah, he's a guitar player, isn't yeah, he? He's a, yeah, he's a guitar player. So yeah, and he was primarily known as like being like this blues guitar hero from mm-hmm. the day. That's what I, I've heard. I've heard the name. I'm quite certain I've heard some some of the music, but sometimes they all kind of bleed together, and it's a little bit hard for me to, to uh, you know, differentiate them from sometimes. And you hear a name, and you go, "Isn't that that guy?" I think I I think I can sometimes see him, and I think I can sometimes hear him, but yeah. Yeah, well, I think was well, it wasn't it like uh, the three kings of the blues? It was BB. He's King, not Albert one of them. King, and who was the B- other one? Uh, Freddie King. Freddie King, right? Those are the the three big kings. Uh, Earl King was it's kind of like the fourth king, but he wasn't as well known. And I think he might have come before. I'm not a hundred hundred percent sure on that. Um, yeah. Um. Albert King and Freddie King and and BB King were well, uh, you know, they were doing stuff back in forties, early fifties, but they were really getting to be known around mid fifties throughout the sixties into the seventies. Even mm-hmm. they had long careers, all three of them. Yeah, um, and I love all three of them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't remember what we were the point of that was, but. Uh... You're talking about the song. We, oh, yeah, the song talk- guitar. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Interesting to take a, a a song that is a guitar-driven song and sort of take the guitar out of it. Which you know, you would think, well, why would you do that? But basically, you know, if a, if it's a good song, you can really do anything with it, and it'll still be a good song. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, the song, if it, if it can carry out, you can swap out any instrument you want and do it uh, however you want. Yeah. Play it on, you know, mandolins and tuba. I don't know. doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, it, it, if there's a way to do it, they could probably make it cool. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, actually, that would probably would be cool. <laughs> tuba. That was just the first things that came to mind. I could have yeah. picked some anything. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, anyway. Kazoo and triangle. I don't know. Sure. I'm sure it would probably sound. <laughs> it would probably sound different. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, moving on, the next song is called uh, Somebody Changed the Lock, and it's a song by, uh, oh, this is an original. Okay. Um, so it was interesting. Okay, so Dr. John's real name is Malcolm John Rubinak Jr. So, yes. So um, it's credited to, credited to uh, I guess his songwriting name is Mac Rubinak, um, which is which is actually kind of a cool name. You know? That's a cool name. That could have been a stage name. Yeah. Mac Rubinek. Yeah. I'm going to go see Mac Rubinek tonight. <laughs> yeah. Going to get blessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is uh, the original song um, called Somebody Changed the Lock. That's the sound I associate with New Orleans. Yeah. That was the- very... That's a very New Orleans uh, porn section, especially going where it's yeah. almost, it's very chaotic mm-hmm. in the background, almost like everybody's playing whatever. Yeah. Um, but it still fits together. Yeah. 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 That was, that was great. I love, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, and it's, it's another one of those things where, um, it's very relaxed and very sort of easy. Um, just like the other song, uh, but in a different way. Um, yeah. you know, I, yeah, it's, uh, it was really cool. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's the feeling of it and, and just the way that it was dragging, not dragging in a bad way, but just kind of, kind of chugging along. Um, it was just, it was very cool. Yeah, it's like a like a train going through a curve that you don't want to take too fast. Yeah, it's just kind of like going along, and uh, yeah, um, not trying to. You know, it, it's not meant like it's feeling like you got anything better to do. You got you're doing this music, and you could spend all day doing it. Yeah, it's kind of got that sort of feel to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just uh, basically jamming and just kind of. Uh, mm-hmm. It almost feels improvised, but not sort of like organized improvisation, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, that's what professional musicians sound like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, also, uh, um, Dr. John's like piano outro. Was, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Watching the end of the thing thinking the sound song sounds like it's sort of wrapping up here but there's a little bit of extra time there what's going to happen and then just that sort of nice little piano outro going and i'm like okay Uh, that's what he's doing with that space okay yeah thanks that was yeah i always love endings like that That Mm -hmm. yeah very cool very cool so the next song is a cover uh i know this song it's a ray charles cover but it's written by uh ahmet erdogan Mm. who um i think he's a he-, he was the head of a record label he might have been i think he started out as a songwriter but yeah he's uh yeah i i don't i don't know if he's still around but he was around 
quite a bit and you would see him in interviews as late as certainly the 90s and i think even later than that he's he was up there in the music industry for quite a while um but yeah to mess around good song so i'm not i'm not gonna knock his you know songwriting chops no. he wrote this clearly he's good yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah um all right so here's uh, a cover of ray charles mess around written by ahmed erdogan So that was really cool. That was a cool cover. Um, mm-hmm. That felt kind of like, um, almost like a gospel thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting how it almost had that sort of flavor to it, especially around the middle mark. I started to he- really hear it. Yeah. Yeah. That drum, uh, the the drum line and that was, that's not an easy thing to play for three minutes straight. <laughs> no, it was pretty, uh, pretty lively. Pretty. Uh, yeah. Well, he's playing in double time, really. I mean, yeah. you know, I did kind of miss that that horn, that classic horn, um, horn section note. The, the saxophone, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That 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 classic line from the Ray Charles original was kind of that always sounded like an integral part to it. It it's not really like 100 percent necessary in the song, but I did kind of miss it. And for a second there, I thought there were someone was going to come in because again they have the horn section. But it never really did wind up, sorry, never did wind up being in there. So, but that's all right. Fine. It's not actually a complaint. I was just, you know, making a note. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's something you were expecting, but never really. It, it didn't, didn't come. Off. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Still a really good cover. Yeah. Um, whenever I hear this song, I always think of the scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Of course. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know. I was thinking that too. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's John Candy. Um, oh, don't worry. They'll, they can buff that out. No problem. <laughs> John Candy playing, like, you know, listening to the song. Uh, Steve Martin's sleeping in the passenger seat. He's like doing the thing and playing the piano on on the dashboard and stuff and and then his his while he's driving while he's driving and then his his coat gets caught in the um the window roller and then and some somehow he his coat gets caught on both arms and he can't (laughs) grip the steering wheel so it's it's just i'm not doing it justice you just have to watch it if you don't you're not familiar with the scene but it's it's pretty good yeah 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 (laughs) oh that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm basically, this is the song, the Ray Charles version anyway, that uh, is in that, that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this kind of felt like, um, you, this, this version, it kind of felt like, um, I don't know what you would call it, but it's like, I guess it happens a lot in, in R and B or at least it used to, uh, in a lot of like R and B and soul music where the, uh, you would play the song and then you would kind of like ramp it up at the end and play double time mm. towards the end. This whole song felt like the ending to one of those. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you know what I'm talking I about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 It kind of yeah. had the, the whole f- song had that feeling to it just balls to the walls from start to finish right yep. exactly yeah 
Yeah. Um, which is cool. I mean, it's, yep. that's really cool. Um, so the next song, I, I'm pretty sure I know this song too. This, uh, mm-hmm. the good times roll. Um, another Earl King song. There you go. Um, so there we go. Here's Let the Good Times Roll. Uh, it's not the song I was thinking of, but uh, that was a cool... C- that's that's the one I was wondering. Yeah, there's a couple of got sort of like that uh, thing. That's the one that Jimi Hendrix covered on Electric Lady. So, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking it was a good possibility it might be that. Yeah, um, I was thinking... when was, you said it was Earl King. So. Yeah, I was thinking it was the old blues song. Hmm. Um, by, I can't remember who does it. Um, but anyway, that was a, that was a cool cover anyway. I mean, I'm not disappointed. I'm just, no. you know, I just thought it didn't think it was that song. Um, this was cool. This was a little more, uh, lively, I guess. Um, and this one had a little more energy, maybe. I don't know. Um, it had a little bit more grit to it. Yeah. And I think it was partly because of the addition of that guitar, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought, it could have been a little higher in the mix. Yeah. It was a little quiet. Still, it was fantastic. I loved that guitar line mm-hmm. uh, when it's just introducing. I've always loved that that part of that song. Yeah. With the, that do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just cool. Yeah. Um, and, the, I mean, the horns and everything were, uh, like, there wasn't, a, there really wasn't a bad part part to that yeah I, um, I don't think you're gonna hear too many bad parts on this album no no <laughs> just just no. saying i'm I mean, gonna say that now yeah uh, <laughs> but i mean this song in particular just seemed like everything really came together really well mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it was really cool um yeah i mean the, i don't really have much else to say about it i mean it was really really well done yep uh, so the next song is called uh, Junko Partner, and it's a song by a guy named Bob Shad, who, uh, I don't know who that is, obviously a um, musician from New Orleans, uh, but I'm curious, so here we go, this is uh, Junko Partner. <laughs> That was cool. That was, that's what I would, I would describe that as like a jumping blues kind of yeah. feel. It's, it's going back to, to sort of like that, that Zydeco feel. Um, again, this one's a little bit more pure Zydeco, but yeah, it's got that jumping blues sort of thing going to it. I love that bass line, which mm-hmm. is sort of, is, is playing the part of the tuba and even yeah. sounds a bit tuba-ish, but yeah. you can definitely tell it's an electric bass. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say about that? Um, oh, that uh, drum break in the middle. Yeah. Where you really got to hear the rhythm, like, up front without anything in, in, in the middle of it. And you just realize what the drums are doing. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, subtle, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, that was amazing, yeah. Um, I think this might be my favorite song so far. It's hard to say. Uh, yeah, hard to pick a it really is. Favorite out of all this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just, I mean, the, the, the musicians on this are playing really well. I mean, uh, and then on top of that, Dr. John's, uh, uh, piano was. Of course. Really. I mean, 
he's always but the thing is he's doing all this complicated stuff but it's like he's not showing off you know what i mean like he's just playing the song yeah you know yeah it's yeah he's just got that style to him like if you think he's showing off he's not showing off he's just his fingers are just all over the place anyway that's just the way he plays yeah he's always been like that yeah but it never sounds bad no i never it never uh (laughs) you know you know some some musicians some guitar players uh <laughs> will play will play solos that don't quite fit the song um or play parts that are uh unnecessarily complicated um and it just doesn't quite fit but i don't feel like he's doing that it feels like he's playing these parts that are you know they're not simple, easy, uh, one note parts, but they don't, um, sound like they don't belong. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he knows what he's doing basically. Yeah. You know? And he's making choices that, that, you know, fit the, fit the song. Yeah. I'm just suddenly realizing we're about halfway through this, maybe a little bit past, um, uh, this being 2022. Always sound like I'm stuttering when I say that. That's a lot of twos, man. Anyway, um, so th- this album is, uh, I guess, turning 50 this year. And I was thinking it was 10 years since he put out not his last one, his second last one before he, he passed a few years ago, which was, uh, I made sure I went out and got it because that was the one that Dan Auerbach produced oh yeah. did you ever hear that one uh no i don't think so oh it's good yeah yeah it's a really good album. <laughs> cool and anytime i get a chance to talk about that one i'm gonna so yeah this is a good enough chance to talk about it <laughs> cool I, i'll have to check that out yeah i don't think i ever heard it so cool yeah a lot of uh a lot of albums are going to be turning 50 this year i think uh, like exile on main street Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, just think how many classic albums turned fifty last year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Time oh. keeps going. <laughs> Deep Purple Machine Head turns fifty this year. Yeah. That crazy. Led Zeppelin four turned fifty last year. Yep. Yeah. Things like that. But those albums are only twenty years old. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when? Jeez, uh, when I was in high school. It was, 30 years since Dark Side of the Moon was out. Next year, it'll be 50. Crazy. Whatever. That's, that's, we're getting old, man. Guess so. <laughs> yep. Anyway, now that we're past that uh, existential crisis, um, <laughs> well, let's move on to the next song. It's called Stack Ali. Um, and I think this is not, uh, I don't know who wrote it. It's, uh, listed as traditional. So it's yeah, it's been around one of those. One I of mean, those. obviously the song is very early 20th century. I, I would peg it around probably no, I always imagined it being 1920s. I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but obviously the song's old enough. Nobody really knows who wrote it, but like everybody and their uncle has covered it basically before they figured out copyright for music i i think it probably it was amongst 
copyright wasn't really the uh, the concern amongst. I mean, people sort of laid claim to things, but then when other people sort of upscond with whatever before it ever reaches a uh, a, a recording executive, and and only by that point did somebody really consider. You know, somebody's got to put a copyright on this, but the song was too old. It passed through too many people, and too many people had heard it. Nobody could lay claim to it by them. So, yeah, there's lots of songs like that. Yes, there are. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, here we are. Uh, here's uh, Dr. John's version of Stack Ali. That was... Uh, the I was mostly listening to the bass in that song. Um, mm. It was really kind of doing some cool stuff, just to, just kind of driving the song, um, but in a way that uh, that it, it just it, I, it's hard to just I don't I don't quite know what to uh, how to say it, but it's just just the way that it was driving the song was really, uh, really interesting. Yeah, sort of a uncomplicated, but. Uh... It was understated, but, uh, yeah, again, wasn't doing anything more than it had to do. Yeah. It was just kind of playing like a walking bass line, I guess. Yeah. Um, the other thing I noticed in there, it's buried pretty low in the mix. Uh, the organ was doing some, some interesting Mm. stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was well done. I, uh, I'm not familiar with this song, so I don't know. I don't have anything to compare it to. This is the only version that I've heard. Um, every time you hear it, the lyrics are going to be a little bit different. I forget what, there's a really famous version and I think it was like, uh, I don't know. It was 1960s anyway. And I think it was like a, a Motown thing or, or a Stax record thing. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember who was that did it. That's fairly well known version of it. And again, uh, it sort of tells more of the story of the argument between Stackley and and Billy. So, whereas this one starts off with him shooting Billy. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I've heard several different versions of it. Yeah. So. Um, So, there's a lot of people have done this song. Yeah. Um, Some. Oh, okay. So, sometimes it's uh, Staggerly. Yes. Or Stagoli. Stagoli. Yeah. Stagoli. Um, I've heard of the song. Mm-hmm. I don't... Um, so, there's a huge list. <laughs> Pat Boone did it. Um, I don't think that's the okay. version you're thinking of, though. Nope. <laughs> um, the Righteous Brother James Brown, Wilson Pickett. Um, Wilson Pickett. Tom Rush, Maybe. Doc Watson, Tosh Hall, Tommy Rowe, mm. Young Bloods, Grateful Dead. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, it could have been, could have been Wilson Pickett. Can't remember exactly, but it could have been. Mm. Yeah, it's been covered a lot. Yeah, um, interesting, cool. I I've heard of the song, but I've never heard it, and um, uh. Nick Cave did a version or did a song called Staggerly on his uh album Murder Ballads, but he uh changed it again. Well no well he didn't well he it's an it's a song he wrote, but it's yeah. called Staggerly. So I guess it's kind of like paying tribute to this. He's sort of retelling the story. Yeah, but it's it's uh um, darker. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, yeah. 
It's on Murder Ballads. It's on Murder Ballads, and it's and and it's Dave. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, So, so, but but you know, it's not this song. He you know um, wrote a song, but uh, yeah, this song is. A lot of people have done this song. Um, It's interesting. I want to listen to some of the other versions to see how they differ. Um, Do. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, uh, moving on, the next song is called, uh, Tipitina and it is, who originally did this? This is, uh, Professor Longhair. Uh, okay. It's one of his songs. He's very, definitely very, um, uh, Zydeco, uh, yeah. sort of very New Orleans. Yeah. So, uh, here we go. Here's Tipitina. Very cool. Just him and his piano. Yep. That was, that was cool. I like that. Um, I kind of get the, uh, the feeling of him just by himself in a, in a, you know, hole in the wall and in, you know, downtown New Orleans, just, you know, just playing. That was that was really cool. I, I'm oh, glad he did dank, a song the like dank. that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> 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 um, I'm glad he did a, a song like like that. I mean, it's um, he's really. I, I wouldn't say he's all over the place with this album, but he's really kind of um, painting a, a diverse picture of all the sort of different uh, styles that have come out of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a, it's a the jambalaya yeah stock like a good old gumbo exactly well that's <laughs> what it is <laughs> yeah. um uh i had a thought but i can't remember what it was um but uh yeah i lost it <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> it's all right it happens um yeah but uh, the dank but the dank the dank mo <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um so the next song uh is called uh Those Lonely Nights. That was another Earl King song, by the way. Got three on there and uh, there are three really good ones. Yeah. That bass line is great. Yeah. And this was a little more guitar driven. Um just a bit, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, just a, a great blues song. I mean, you know, that's what it that's was. A pretty straightforward blues song, but yeah. yeah. Um, ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. No, don't have, uh, I really, I don't have too much to say about it. I mean, other than it was great. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so we've got, uh, two songs left. And, uh, this one is a medley of, so he might, he must be a really big fan of this guy, Huey Piano Smith, cause, uh, this is, I think the third song that he's done by him or the second anyway. Um, the, the medley consists of three songs or, uh, called high blood pressure. Don't you just know it? And we'll all be John Brown. Okay. So uh let's hear the med. I might recognize a couple in there. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Here we go. That 
was uh really cool um it was i like the uh subtle transition between the uh the three songs yeah the me made it sound like they weren't even three songs yeah yeah uh, i certainly recognize that middle one because uh sonics covered that one. Oh, okay so, yeah cool um i knew it was an older song too i'm sure i've heard earlier versions of it too so yeah um yeah really cool really cool stuff mm-hmm. um yeah no i i like the uh uh the call and response with the uh uh the backup singers that was really cool yeah um it's just a fun song really i mean it's just fun <laughs> i mean yeah you know that was, and yeah i'm i'm sure this uh yeah huey piano smith is is a big uh influence on him for sure mm-hmm. who is this guy um well he's still going he's 88 years old holy crap he's still out there yeah nice yeah jazz, jazz blues piano guy from new orleans nice um Kind of started around the same time as Fats Domino, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I would say so. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, we've arrived at the uh, final song on the album, uh, and it is called Little Liza Jane. So here we go. All right. So I think that might be my favorite song on the album. It's pretty good. Yeah. I love how... Um, again, it's those drums. There's something about that New Orleans Zydeco drum sound that's so incredibly different than, than drums on practically anything else. Yeah. And it's like the drums aren't so much keeping time, but they are definitely establishing the rhythm. The bass line is keeping the time. Yeah. For the most part. And that it's a completely different approach. Yeah. Well, it's more of a jazz approach than, uh, yeah. Than anything. A lot of jazz is the drums will be sort of almost a lead instrument, I guess. Yeah. Um, almost. Sort of more, more implying the rhythm rather than keeping time. Right. Exactly. Um, it's, it's still essential for getting the feel and the whole rhythm. Yeah. That whole rhythm feel. Um, without it there, it'd be very hard to make it sound the way that zydeco was i guess they've done it before i mean when you're marching through the streets it's mostly you know horns and whatnot there's not usually a guy with a drum um yes maybe there could be but usually there isn't um but uh yeah it just it 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 really does like set that sort of rhythm going and, and 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 everybody else is around it but but there's no kick drum really keeping like the time there's no one clear one two three four the closest thing you're going to get from that is the baseline so the baseline his job is suddenly a little bit more important that there because he's got to keep that time so everybody else doesn't go into complete and utter chaos <laughs> right yeah yeah exactly um and it just kind of livens things up and it's it really does it feels like um Almost, it's, uh, it, it gives it like sort of a, uh, celebratory kind of feel. Like yes. this is like a, you know, a celebration of a victory of, of some sort or something like that. Or you, celebrating you, someone's life at their yeah. funeral. Yeah. As, as it often was used. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was cool. And yeah, it's, it's the, the drums are, uh, 
the, I think that's probably my why I like this song so much. There's that lively kind of feeling mm-hmm. that the drums have. Um, it's almost a, almost a bit of a marching band thing, but but again, jazzier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know the technical term for it with you know dotted quarter note or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we listened to this album cause it's, it's cool. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's paying tribute to a place that, I mean, uh, Dr. John is obviously, you know, f- from New Orleans and he's, you know, paying tribute to his hometown basically. Um, but, uh, it's cool that, you know, you know, New Orleans is such a small region. Um, but so much music has come out of that place and so much yeah. different music has come out of that place. I mean, it's mm. all connected and similar, but yeah. you know, he's, you know, there's, you know, there, there was the song where he is just him and his piano. There's the, there's the jazzy sort of stuff. There's, there's all this different kind of music that's happening. Um, all in this place. And this album is just, you know, paying tribute to that. It's really, when you think about it, it's really a remarkable thing. And, and I think it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know why that happened in that place. And, and, uh, it all kind of seemed to be happening at the same time. Um, I don't know enough about the history of, of new Orleans or, or anything like that, but, uh, it's pretty well, amazing I, that this, you know, I do a, know Louisiana used to be French. Mm-hmm. It was French territory before. Well, that's what the Louisiana purchase was. The United States bought from France, Louisiana. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's it's amazing. It's like uh, the Chicago blues. Like, there's so many different nuances in in Chicago blues, and um. You know, it's amazing these different cities and different regions, mostly, you know, in, in the U.S., has such a diverse array of, of uh, music going for it. Mm. Um, but New Orleans in particular seems to have a whole different thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always been, it's all a little microcosm of a culture, um, which isn't completely unrelated, but it's not too closely related to everything else going on around it either. It's just got its own sort of flavor. And I think Louisiana has always kind of had its own sort of flavor. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's really cool. I'm glad we listened to this. Yeah. So well, I knew it was going to be good and I wasn't disappointed. No, I got exactly. I had never actually heard this particular album all the way through. I certainly heard Dr. John albums and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And somehow this one, flip through i don't know i guess maybe i wasn't searching that you know heavily or something like that but anyway it's a good album yeah for sure yeah definitely um yeah so i guess we'll end the the uh the show there um thank you for listening if you made it this far uh you can check us out at uh, polyphonicpress.com uh you can drop us a line at uh, polyphonicpressmusic at gmail.com uh if you want to help out the show you can do that by going to buymeacoffee.com slash polyphonicpress and um that's about it uh i'm jeremy boyd yeah i'm john van dyke take it easy Thank you.